Hey, everybody, that's Eric Clark from Mega Brands Investment Strategy. We invest in the greatest brands serving the most important spending categories here and around the world, those brands that are delighting customers. I'm going to have a little twist tonight. We're going to, we're going to start doing some NFL um, chatter about sports betting. DraftKings is a top holding for us. And so we're going to start having some fun and mixing it up a little bit during the NFL season. So enjoy a little sports betting commentary with me and some hosts this week, my partner, James Calhoun. Okay, this is going to be the fun, uh, the, the fun twist on the Mega Brands theme. Uh, Thursday, October 12th, Thursday night football, kind of a sleepy Denver Broncos versus Kansas City. So I don't know how much, you know, I'm going to how much time I'm going to spend on this game. But let's see what what is the line on this thing? It's uh, 10 and a half at game time with the over of 47 and a half. <clears throat> yeah, uh, super sleeper for sure I yeah think, and, it, uh, and, and it's pretty windy in denver so listen this, uh i got my partner here james calhoun on the mega brand strategy and uh we're gonna we're gonna have some fun with the nfl and sports betting and candidly i don't know how, if you've been ever been a big better i've never been a better i mean i grew up around atlantic city and i i realized i'm terrible at that kind of stuff early so i i lost like 300 bucks at casinos one night playing blackjack and I yeah. didn't even know how to play blackjack. And I thought this, you know, you, you either you, you place your bet and you either win or you lose. Like in Stockland, I, we could lose for two, three, four, five, six, seven months and then win in the end. Yeah. Like to, well, you either win or you lose. <laughs> similar stories here. I mean, I, I, I spent some time in Nevada in my youth and uh, there's nothing nothing like a three-team parlay. But really <laughs> the the ultimate benefit is, you know, no correlation to the economy or interest rates. You That's got, right. You got pure alpha and good diversification if if you can uh, if you can find an edge. And I think that's what we're looking for here. You know what are what are the indicators of success? What are the indicators of outperformance? And um, after many cycles, I, I'm happy to say my 49ers are are <laughs> uh, the top in uh, in outperformance. But the Thursday night, yeah, I, I think Chiefs still. Uh, still top of the top of the barrel for me I, I i you can't you can't look past a good quarterback especially in the fourth quarter but it is funny how far the old russell wilson one of the better fourth quarter quarterbacks has fallen from grace over the last few years yeah well he's got to be hating life i mean you know plus how i mean we're not we're not here to talk about the the broncos game per se because i i just wonder how engaged the guy is what what with his music life and his bling life, you know, I, I, but he's actually done pretty well. It's just the rest of his team that absolutely sucks. Their defense is horrendous. Well, yeah. And apparently Taylor Swift is, uh, is, is a more <laughs> valuable compliment than I That's believe. Right. Uh, oh, actually I'm forgetting Russell Wilson's wife's name, but. Is that know. Beyonce? I don't even know. No, no. Yeah. I, it's a, I don't yeah, know. it doesn't matter, but uh, you know, I will, I will say. Well, as we get into the 49ers, I mean, I'm I'm looking for I'm looking for that pop partner for George Kittle. Three touchdowns on three catches last week. I think I think Kelsey has three catches on the year, so or three touchdowns on the year. So he's married to Ciara, which right. you know, That's right. a couple of couple of guys like us. I don't know. Ciara doesn't mean too much, but 
Okay, let's have a little fun. So I got to set it up for people. First off, this is the first episode. And, you know, we live and breathe the stock market, everybody. And so, you know, we're professional gamblers in some ways ourselves. And sometimes we need to step outside of the the stock market, which is, you know, algorithmic driven and like sometimes dumb stuff happens. And, and but but our thesis is mega brands and brands matter. So let's transfer that concept into the NFL, right? And when I say brand, let, from a, from an NFL perspective, let's call it dynasties, right? Our thesis is the best brands, the leading companies, they tend to be pretty good businesses. And if you're a pretty good business, you're probably a, a pretty good stock. And the thesis is, you know, there's 32 teams in the NFL. There's a bunch of games that people could speculate on with all of the, the information. There's no lack of information out there. Oh, the point spread is this. And I'm saying, you know what? Why don't you just stick to the dynasties and the mega brands within the NFL and, and block out the rest of the noise? And so episode one, let's talk about our two favorite teams. Like I'm from Jersey, a rabid Eagles fan. Actually, I lived in San Francisco for a decade or so. So I've been a, a 49er fan too, but you are a rabid 49er fan. So this is really fun. We have the only two teams in the NFL that are still undefe still uh, undefeated, both 5-0. and Last year, the Eagles were the team. And I, like literally first game on, I'm like, oh my God, there's something special about this Eagle team. I can't place my finger on it, but they're as complete as I've ever seen. Fast forward, can't say that about the Eagles. I think they're getting better every week. 49ers, though, yeah. look like the team to beat. They they seem so complete across the entire spectrum of offense, defense, special teams, et cetera. So let's talk about the the Niners. I mean, five and zero, oh, but dude, Browns could be an interesting game. I just I heard this little, yep. little statistic, and then I'm going to turn you loose on on all the your knowledge about the offense and the defense. But so the Browns coach Jim Schwartz. Mm -hmm. behind some of the best defenses over the last, you know, 20 years or so with the Titans went to the Super Bowl with the Bills with the Eagles went to the Super Bowl and his record against Shanahan by the way 8 and 3 I I heard that statistic. So that's, you know, Cleveland's supposed to be kind of, you know, windy, kind of average weather. The pros by the way, the pros are taking the Cleveland Browns and the Jets. So the Eagles play the Jets. Right. So the pros are against both of us this week. Yeah, no, I think you got to, you always have to consider, you know, money line in, in situations like this. And I love, I love what you're talking about with dynasties and, and, and kind of stepping into a different sandbox here, but the philosophy for identifying success is all, all still in place. And we're all looking for those four baggers, so to speak, the, the teams that can really go from middling and, and even better than middling, but to the, the one last brand or, or or team standing and and getting to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl has been the challenge for my team since '94. Uh, it's been a long drought, but I, I do I do sense that there's a lot of positive momentum this year. And it's about you know when I think about it in the in the space of of dynasties and and even good brands, it, it's the ability to kind of pull in those few missing pieces at a, at a reasonable value that really complete the set. And I think the, the bringing on of a free agent or, or, 
or a trade for a Gregory or, or other other players that are saying, I'm looking for a team that's ready to win now. That's put us in a position to um, to really, I think, get get up to the top of the mountain here. So I, I moving to this week, I really do sense it as a trap game. Um, Dallas, Dallas is about as overrated as the uh, the Cardinals, I believe, were underrated. Cardinals are a good team. Cardinals beat Dallas. Right. Um, and 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 it showed up. It showed up in a similar way when we uh, when we put 42 up and then rested our starters in the fourth quarter. So I think the smart money in Vegas is right. I, I think if if the Niners get up by three possessions, uh, you could see you could see us resting guys again and protecting ourselves, you know, into the deeper part of the season, which always sets up those junk touchdowns and and late late minute scores that might cover the spread here. But when you, I guess when I go week to week here and I I think about the uh, the competition in the marketplace, so to speak, yeah, the Browns, Jim Schwartz. If you remember the the old Jim Harbaugh days when there was almost a, a, a chase down and brawl in Detroit after the Niners really stuck it to him, I, I think Jim Schwartz is is not forgotten that sense and. It proves that when he faces the Niners, he's he's going to bring his best effort. And statistically, I know I know Dallas was vaunted as uh, as the best defense coming into last week, um, but the Browns uh, I think stand out as more athletic. I know Parsons is great. There's a lot to like about that defensive front from Dallas, but really speed and athleticism at every level of that Cleveland defense. Number one in scoring. Uh, number one in third down efficiency, stop getting teams off the field, uh, good athletic corners, um, number one against the pass, I think a hundred, less than 200 yards a game allowed. So um, while while Dallas was a, was a lot and, and something to get up for in a primetime game, going to Cleveland, obviously a challenge um, on the road with the weather. Um, I obviously have plenty of offensive or positive points to make about the Niners, but an eight, I believe eight and a half point spread here is starting to widen out. Last, yeah. Last I looked, it was, uh, maybe it is. Oh my God, dude. It's 10 now. Wow. Yeah. Moving fast. I think, I think Deshaun Watson's for sure not playing. Yeah. Um, so it, it is really about what is the 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 size of the outperformance. Not my favorite space to play in. We can maybe get into the longer term of the season here and and how we line up against the Eagles eventually. But Cleveland Browns without without Chubb, a, a tremendous running back, uh, Jim Brown type numbers before he got injured. You know, I I I respect their defense, but they play a lot of man coverage, and Kyle Shanahan knows how to beat man coverage. And I think Brock Purdy is as accurate as he has been in his career to this point. Uh, 21 or 20 out of 21 two weeks ago. Great passer rating. Um, with all the weapons that he has, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not concerned about getting out of Cleveland with, with a win. Yeah, I, I did a little, you know, from a dynasty's perspective, I, I looked at the Super Bowls back to 1967. And Patriots have the most Super Bowl wins at six. And then you have the other dynasties, Steelers, Cowboys, Niners at five. And, you know, when you look at I think all that's Niners, Steelers, Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. What, but, what, but when you look at all of them, you think, what, what, what do they need? If you're going to be one of those kind of dynasties, you know, Steelers had 
Bradshaw and Roethlisberger, Cowboys had Stallback, Niners had Montana and Steve Young, you know, Patriots had Brady, and then I, I don't even remember because they had some early wins. Oh, I, that's a great question. I would point you in this direction. I mean, front office and ownership. You you think yeah. about the Patriots with Belichick and Brady and Kraft. You think about, you know, the, the Steelers with Tomlin and, and the consistency of coaching there. Uh, you had Landry, you know, early on with the Cowboys, one of the more winning winningest coaches and and then and Jimmy Johnson for for his period there. It's been a it's been a quite a drought for the Cowboys and you know uh, I revel in that. Well, and then, and I and revel then, in that as an Eagle fan as well. <laughs> good. It's, it's we're, nice we're, to know America's good. team hasn't can break really bread. done we can very break well. bread here for a little while and that you know get get us until until the end of this when we do get to the Eagles and then the Niners. You know I think that you know extending Shanahan and Lynch this year after the start of this season um, is a great sign. I think. What what the Yorks, the ownership has done through from the DiBartolo days and and that fall from grace, handing it off to the Yorks and 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 his um his sister brother in law, um there's been some consistency there and I think the fan base and the commitment from the fan base to understand that when there's this dip after Steve Young um and, and Jeff Garcia until we got to Harbaugh and Kaepernick and Alex Smith and Frank Gore. And then the dip after that uh, and coming in as the worst team when Kyle Shanahan picked up. The the ability to identify good leadership and, and, and visionaries at the GM and ownership level, to me, you know, that that's that resonates on on the business side and, and how you can develop and create some loyalty around product and, and even in periods of underperformance. You you keep uh, you keep the awareness and the interest high, and it, it it I think it it allows for a quicker recovery. So I'm very happy that you know after 2012 and missing in that Super Bowl, we're back there with a completely different squad in 2019. And you know I don't think that uh, the Steelers or the Patriots did that. They had consistency at quarterback. They had consistency at coach and defense. Um, the Niners have recreated themselves two times here in the last decade, and that's that would be my 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 opening argument for dynasty number one. Yeah. So let's let's talk about 49ers. I mean, listen, the the envy I think that most teams have when you have so many weapons. Brock Purdy, listen, I I mean, I forget what was he, fifth round, Brock Purdy, whatever it was. Seventh. Seventh round. Okay. So the draft, the dude has quite a streak going and he's making really good decisions, but then you got McCaffrey at running back. You got, I mean, on the receiving side, my God, you got Ayuk, you got Debo, you got Kittle, you got McCaffrey catching the ball too out of the backfield. Like, you know, this game is clearly like the Browns defense, like you said, is really strong. But I have a feeling this game's going to be won based on if if the Browns' offense can get anything going, because right. I think I, I think the Browns' defense is going to be you know pretty good about uh, w- with with the offense. But he you know they might get overwhelmed by all the weapons, but but their the Browns' offense is pretty average at best. Yeah, I think you you you're ringing you know again. I I like your points and I appreciate you teeing it up. But I I think a lot I, a lot of it comes down to versatility. And a little bit of disruption. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is is reaching his prime as a play caller. 
And I think he's he's finally in a in a position where the train training wheels are coming off with Brock Purdy. And, and what I love about Brock Purdy is is the the Cinderella story. I mean, the chip on the shoulders there, the pressure is, you know, two times removed by being the last pick in the draft and looking at all these other quarterbacks in the league that went before him, including number three Trey Lance, including number three overall pick, um, our backup quarterback at the moment. Um you know, shoot, it's it's escaping me, but that 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 sets up in a Sam Darnold. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Sam Darnold, USC man. I mean, a great arm talent. Okay, <laughs> but but Brock Purdy, it's about you know uh, reading a defense, processing data, and processing coverages quickly, going through your reads. And Kyle Shanahan finally has a guy he can trust. And you failed to mention a guy like Yuschek, our fullback. Yeah. Who can who had a catching touchdown last week? Uh, can can motion out and, and have a linebacker on him. McCaffrey, Debo, IU, Kittle are great, but Trent Williams, a Pro Bowl core, uh, tight tackle on the left, uh, a, a fullback that can go anywhere on the field. That versatility has really allowed uh, Kyle Shanahan to innovate, and um, I think the the balance that comes with with that type of uh, uh, that, that that type of basic same starting point for every play, but a multiple multitude of directions that you can go on any given quarter, any given play. Uh, that's I think what we're we're looking for from a from a brand perspective, business perspective, stock perspective, and um, with the, with the 49ers, it is pick your poison. And um, while I respect the the cornerbacks of the Browns and the pass rush of the Browns. Um, even the middle of their defensive line, pretty pretty stout uh, defensive tackles there. I know Hurst from the 49ers a couple of years ago. I just don't think that they can keep up with the speed of adjustment and, and the versatility of the play calling. Um, whoever is the weakest matchup, that's where Brock Purdy's going with the ball. And that's why his completion percentage and passer rating is as high as it is. It's crazy. I mean, the stats are crazy. I mean, got, it's it's great to watch him because I love – Listen, I'm the I love a good underdog. And and he's oh, yeah. I, I think part of the population is still waiting for the shoe to drop or so, but maybe the guy's just really good and he's in a really good system and he's coached really well and he's supported by great players on both offense and defense, right? It could be that it's that simple. And and the adoption of, of Brock Purdy by the the mass market is is just like just like good brands, way too slow. I mean, you yeah. wait, you're gonna wait till statistically significant 30 games to be played to 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 <laughs> ordain the guy. The right. guy, you know, is undefeated in the regular season and this year hasn't thrown an interception. I mean, there is a difference between him and the rest of the league. And I could understand why you thought he was drafted in the fifth round. I mean, he's a Tom Brady type guy, you know, but and I in love this that case, one too. Seventh, seventh round, last guy in the draft. Um, and I, I think that's a that's a blessing in disguise because the the pressure is low for him to keep doing what he's doing. So let so let's just talk about though um, what against this Browns defense, you know, put your put your and listen, you got a Shanahan hat, so I'm going to put you in Shanahan right. shoes, right? You got the flat top 49ers hat. <laughs> I love it. With your by the way, we both have our cocktails, and we did not plan this. No. We both have Yeti. Blue, uh, 
cocktail glasses. So really more brand guys, you know, really shows the power of marketing, <laughs> so, right? So this podcast is, is uh, sponsored by Yeti. Not, no, there we go. I like it. <laughs> so if you were Shanahan and the coaching staff and you were playing the Browns, knowing the, the, the players that you have, how would you beat the, the NFL's best defense? Yeah, I think it starts with Miles Garrett and then that, you know, probably the most athletic guy in the league. I think he's number two on pro fantasy or uh, PFF ratings behind uh, probably Fred Warner for the Niners. But I, I don't think it's like Parsons with Dallas where you run at a guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Miles Garrett is dominant enough, even with Trent Williams over him, where I would be I'd be moving the pocket. Um, I think the the sack percentage from Cleveland is like 10 percent. 11% of pass plays, yep. really, really impressive ability to get to the quarterback. So uh, establish the run first. And I do think you're running away from Trent, from miles Garrett. Um, and then, and then I'm moving the pocket uh, and I'm, I'm doing play action and I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to spread that defense vertically and horizontally um, a lot of speed there. But um, if, if, if they're in man-to-man coverage, you're, you've got plenty of good one half of the field reads where you can put you know two of our best guys, two of our best route runners next to each other, maybe Kittle, maybe McCaffrey coming out of the backfield, and really put the two or three coverage guys on one side of the field in a tough situation. So uh, again, running away and moving the pocket away from Miles Garrett, uh, establishing the run in a, in a physical way, and I don't want that all on McCaffrey's shoulders. I'm a little fatigued by that. Yeah. And then taking advantage of their willingness to uh, to go in man coverage. You know, Brandon Ayuk is 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 hard to cover in a phone booth this year. So really, um, think that we'll we'll do okay against man coverage. Very similar game plan to what we probably presented versus Dallas, who also likes a lot of man. Okay, so the most important question: Do you? We know you're a Niner fan. <clears throat> Biases and, bad. And Biases we always are and we, yeah, and we always talk about uh particularly in my household when I have a 13-year-old daughter, we always talk about bias. Mm. So taking your bias for the Niners, and you can ask me that question from the Eagles perspective, taking your bias and putting it on the table, given this game, given in Cleveland, given the potential weather. Given the Browns' really strong defense, do you bet the Niners minus ten? Do you go the money line, the safe route? What do you What do you think? And you the do over under again? You know, interesting. The over is thirty six and a half right now, and interesting. I, yeah. I actually yeah. might take the That's, yeah. Go ahead. Some combinations there that that could could line up in a narrative, and it's you're right. The biases. It's like uh, you know, I've been I've been pigeon Eric for for probably five years on Toyota, this <laughs> solid, the solid uh, international diversification play with a good dividend. But it's like, you know, you're a Tesla guy and, and you're asking a, a Niner to, to, to lean towards a Toyota. And it's, you know, lot, lots alike in, in a Browns team that um, I think is on the up and up. I mean, I'm excited for uh, Detroit. I'm excited for Cleveland, but when I look at this game and, and, in the back of my mind, I know I know that the ownership, you know, of the 49ers is from Youngston, Ohio, and you know, has a steel background. And we used to go on the road with Harbaugh and we'd stay out there two weeks. There's 
there there we we have a a, a blue collar lunch pail mentality with this team and a pride um I, I i watched the fourth quarter of the blowout against dallas the starters for the defense were all over it they didn't want to give up a they didn't want their backup defense to give up a touchdown and so there's there's a pursuit for greatness here that i think opens up the probability for covering a spread like this and i think it it has to come with the the side of the ball we haven't talked about with the browns which is a pretty muted defense without their quarterback without their star running back i i can appreciate what they've done at wide receiver but i don't think they're going to be able to get the ball to those guys in a consistent fashion or an explosive fashion so uh i i'm i'm going you know, I, I would I would put the you know weighted accordingly. Money line would be the the, that's, the safe. That's money a safe here. bet. Yeah, that's yeah. a safe bet. That's the safe money, and and there's nothing wrong with a, a nice, steady, consistent return. But I do think ten is achievable. I think I see a seventeen point win here, and probably something like um, twenty twenty seven to ten if they can get to ten. Uh, so that's um. That that gives plenty of room to cover that spread, and and I believe that would put you at just over the over. Is that would do you say thirty five or thirty seven? Uh, I think it's thirty six and a half. Yeah, I, I think you I think you go over, and I think you you go uh, covering the spread here. So let's see. I'm on DraftKings. By the way, we own the second biggest holding in the brands fund is DraftKings, right? We see just a lot of opportunities for DraftKings as a company now that they've turned their attention to profitability and they're taking market share versus FanDuel and all the others. It's not an easy, it's a highly competitive market, right? Most of the bets are still done with, you know, Jimmy, you know, bag of donuts here local that you've been, you know, it's tough. The local bookie, right? So yeah, no, it's it's funny you 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 bring up an interesting point here, and I, I won't go too far into the markets, but I, I, you know, I think it's a it's a it's a disruption in the U.S. You know, you we we travel quite a bit for our client base, and you go to places like Latin America, and middle of the soccer game, there's there's over unders and new spreads being presented that you can bet on live. I think the the opportunity for engagement in real time during these games. You know, DraftKings at the top of the stack as far as their ability to be a sponsor, get the marketing, but also drive uh, drive uh, uh, touches and clicks through their platform in the middle of games, regardless of whether it's soccer or lacrosse. Right. I'm, I'm actually just looking at DraftKings now. And, you know, if you just took the the Niners on the money line with the over at 36 and a half, you put 100 bucks on that thing, your payout's 222. So, you, you know, double your money. Not, yeah. not not so bad so not yeah you got you're gonna have to sprinkle a player bet in there probably yeah. to make it make it you know and i i like a I like a core satellite approach here again i mean i want to make sure i get my my money back plus probably more than i would put on the satellite so if money lines probably uh who knows what that is but say say you put a hundred on the money line you take your profits and you bet that on the satellite three team with a player parlay or, or cover the spread over and McCaffrey getting a touchdown, which is, you know, we're in record book territory. He broke Jerry Rice. Uh, one more game with a touchdown from McCaffrey, and he's 
he's up there, I think, one away from the record, tied for second place with some pretty lofty guys. Yeah, and it, listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna get within the ten yard line, the red zone, you McCaffrey's gonna get find a way to get in there. Right? Yep. I believe That's he's gonna run. break that record. Yep. So, all right, very cool. Let, like we got literally five minutes left. So uh, you from can, an Eagle you gotta, perspective, you, you got to take your time with these Eagles. You're right. I like how you say they're getting better every week. Listen, that's, that's a good the indication. Two weeks. The only thing I'll say about the Eagles, and we'll close because you know my my cocktail's kicking in. I want to go watch the game. <laughs> I want to get some food. Is a couple of weeks ago, all I heard was the Eagles' passing game was non-existent. What is happening with the Eagles? And my thesis was. It's there. All of a sudden, you're going to see this pivot, and the passing game is going to because they have too many weapons, right? So now, and and that's exactly what's happened the last couple of weeks. Their passing games come back. They're really hitting on each on their strides, and the team is getting better every week. They had a great game versus the Rams. Here's the thing: the 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 next new bearish thesis on the Eagles is their red zone game sucks. Hmm. and yeah. it does historically right well, last year they were like number three in the red zone now they're horrendous they just can't seem brian johnson the play caller is catching a lot of grief he's doing really well until he gets in the in the red zone and then he's just not getting in the end zone in my opinion my thesis and bet is, on an eagles that's you know minus seven the pros are taking the jets plus seven hmm. and i'm scared frankly I'm scared because I actually like the Jets defense, but my thesis is one, the Eagles are a dynasty because they have a great quarterback and a great team, offense, defense, special teams, et cetera. But two, we will write kind of kind of get right the red zone thing. And whether it's this week or next week, I, I I'm not smart enough to know, just like in stocks, but I do think they're gonna get the red zone thing back. And that's when they're going to start blowing teams out. I'm going to bet with my own dollars. By the way, I'm a I'm a baller, by the way. $80 on the Eagles minus seven. I'm pissed. Right. It was it was minus six and a half earlier today, and I just didn't get the bet in, in time. But Eagles minus seven with my whole $80, because I'm going to, you know, you got to put your money where your mouth is. I think... This is the game, and I'm scared to death about the Jets' defense because they are tough. They have been in every game with some really good teams, but I think the Eagles are going to get the red zone back, and all of a sudden they're going to they're going to really really accelerate in hockey stick. That's my goal because, like the Niners, they do they too have a lot of weapons. Yeah, I think uh, I think you you said it all very well, and I'll, I'll ask you at the end, you know how how they actually achieve that. You know, what, what are the Eagles going to do in the red zone to, to punch it through? But there, there's a little bit of showmanship with Shanahan and the Eagles. I, I think that, you know, they're not going to spend their wrinkles and spend their innovative plays early in the season. And they know they have to develop some momentum into the playoffs. But I think the arrival of Swift out of the backfield with that 200-yard game he had. It's um, a, the guy's a stud. Guy's a, guy's a stud and he can catch the ball. And I think that's... That's allowed the receiving game to open up, and, but you're you're talking about real vertical threats. I don't I don't see I don't see Hertz hitting a lot of intermediate timing routes, um, other than other than just curls and comebacks. It's it's the it's the stretch of the field and the dominance of the size and the speed combination 
of those guys. But it's a numbers game with the red zone. I, I think you, you got a good kicker. You take the three points when you can. You're in the red zone more than other teams because you're going on fourth and two every time. Yeah. I mean, no one does the the brotherly, you know, or the tush push or whatever, whatever they're calling it now. Like that's that's going to be outlawed by next year. So I think they continue to press the averages, get into the red zone a lot, and probably be, you know, probably maybe the play calling is getting a little conservative in there. Um, and the inability to take the top off the defense uh, when you're inside the 20 yard line might be a problem, but good tight end, you know, good running back. And you got a quarterback scramble ability there. That's maybe as good as anything in the league outside of Justin Fields. There's uh there's, there's, there's definitely good indications of improvement in the red zone efficiency. I mean, I like, the, like the Niners. I mean, you got AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, Dallas Goddard, Deandre Swift, you know, there's there's a lot of potential weapons and and on the defense Jalen Carter arguably rookie of the year defensive right like that dude is that his... dude is gonna give fits to Zach Wilson yeah we that, just that's paid my a bunch. bench we just paid a bunch to Hargrave from the I Eagles know. and that guy slides right in and is is doing a tremendous job um, so you, you're right I I think the you know, I think the Jets are what you really have to think about. You got to think about the competition here. You got to think about the way they match up. Um, and uh, it, it's going to take a physicality at the line of scrimmage uh, against the Jets team that's that's got a good, you know, a good physical mentality. I think that all that all lines up probably in favor of of the Eagles. It's it, it to me the the wild card is is a little bit of the 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 improvement I've seen from the Jets offense. One hundred percent. Really, really interesting running back there, explosive running back, and if if there can be a little lightning in the bottle scenario from a from a Zach Wilson, you, you may you may you may have a more of an issue of covering the spread than the Niners, who are probably playing against a practice squad quarterback. So. Um, that's the, you know, that's my concern, but how, how do you think the, the final score ends up and, and are you thinking about the over under? Uh, well, let's look at the over under looks like in the game, it's 41, you know, I w I would say kind of a 27, 28 to 14 kind of thing. So I think the Eagles cover, um, you know, listen, Brees Hall is, he's a stud. I mean, if he didn't get injured last year. He could have been rookie of the year last year. So, right, right. and he had a great game last week. So he, he's definitely something to worry about. And, and frankly, the Eagles and Jets at the defensive line are doing really well. It's the secondaries that are really problematic. Hopefully the Eagles get their, their stuff together because last year they had a great secondary. They're a little banged up, you know, getting a little bit better from an injury perspective, so hopefully the the secondary gets uh, gets better, but I man I just think you know one that if you're going to be a dynasty you got to have a marquee quarterback. I think both teams are showing that they have two guys that could be the marquee kind of you know franchise quarterbacks. And the off it seems like these days in the NFL offense drives everything, and you know San Francisco and the Eagles have great offenses. The defenses are pretty pretty stable too. I mean, San Francisco got even a better ratings than than the Eagles. 
I hope yeah, I think- the Eagles will catch up. You but win let's... by defense, but you're right. It's it's uh what I'm what I'm happy about this year. The Eagles had it last year. I mean, they Jalen Hurts has been tremendous. You got a lot of weapons, but the 49ers finally found someone to to play point guard. Um, yeah. and that's you know, that's gonna be a win. 